Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. We're back. We are. We seriously are. Welcome back, Father. Thank you very much. Rested. Here we go. Ready to embrace season two. Season two underway. Here we go. And and a great. Uh, I mean, we, how do, how how better to start off season two than the Bread of Life discourse, right? We started uh, the Sunday before. We started a five week, you know, series of of passages from the sixth chapter of Saint John which talked to us about the bread of life. We, last Sunday we had the multiplication of the loaves. And then yesterday we had Jesus being sought after by the crowd, looking for that bread of life. And so while I just got back from vacation, let's say I'm looking at my watch 12 hours ago, uh, we have uh, a beautiful reading. And while I didn't preach yesterday, when we, when we started this podcast, we said not only we're going to look at the homilies, that I preach, but other, others around the world, you know, the popes. And, and Bishop Barron obviously has a prolific um, audience that he preaches to every Sunday or every week. He posts the homilies on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. And his homily, I heard it yesterday morning before I celebrated Mass. And what was striking to me was how he interconnected the happiness that we long for as human beings with the happiness that the people in yesterday's gospel were looking for. Just to go back to yesterday's gospel very quickly and to put us in the frame of mind of where we are in chapter 6 of St. John. We started off last week at the beginning of chapter 6 of St. John with the multiplication of the loaves. The people ate, they were satisfied, we move on. The disciples with Jesus, you know, the disciples go across the lake in the Sea of Galilee on the boat, Jesus walks on the water. Now, we pick up yesterday after the walking on the water. And the next day, the crowd that remained across the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not gone along with his disciples in the boat, but only his disciples had left. Now, other boats came around and, you know, and then the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor the disciples were there. So they got into the boats themselves and came to the Capernaum looking for Jesus. Now, when they found him, he said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life. Let's stop right there. Because Jesus says something very important. And even Bishop Barron harps on this verse right here. Because so many times... We are looking for the material. We're looking for what satisfies us here on earth instead of looking at the transcendental and working for the food that does not perish. The food of eternal life is Jesus Christ, the bread of life. We're going to hear him say that about himself later on in this gospel and over the next three weeks, doubling down on that. And so Jesus is telling them, look, you're looking for me because you ate those lows, you ate and were satisfied. But see, it's not about that. You need to work for the food that, that does not perish. We work so much for the food that perishes. We work so much for the material. We focus so much on the material. And that doesn't bring us happiness. What truly brings us happiness is the eternal food, is the bread of life. So after... A brief dialogue between the people and Jesus. The people want this bread. And they even quote scripture says, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. That was yesterday's responsorial psalm. And then Jesus said, so amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, and here is such a beautiful verse, Sir, give us this bread always. To which Jesus replies, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Right there. Everything we need, everything we long for. Reminds me of that verse from The Greatest Showman. Everything you ever want, everything you ever need, everything you ever need, and it's right here in front of you. We take the Eucharist for granted. And so, instead of working for all the things and thinking about what's going on after Mass or what we have to do after Mass, instead of being there present in the moment when we are in the presence of the Lord, when we are receiving the Lord, when we are, you know, when we are, you know, in that beautiful bliss that we receive when we are in communion, that happiness, that joy, we're always thinking about, you know, the, the other thing, what comes after, instead of living in that moment. And because we long for it. Our hearts long for it. And that's why we must always find that happiness in Jesus who is the bread of life. Yeah, you know, and kind of connecting it back to that first reading, you know, this past weekend we had the, the uh, manna in the, in the desert, right, where, where you know, the, the, they wake up overnight and, and the, the fog fades away and they discover these flakes on the ground and, and that's the manna that, that God sent them from heaven to, to feed them and satisfy. And the line that, the, that they say, you know, what is this? I, we don't know what this is. And, and that line in particular struck me because so often, you know, even for, for many of us who, who grew up in the church and, and have been going to Mass forever for our entire lives, you know, so often we find ourselves asking that same question you know, when we're faced with the Eucharist, when we're faced with the reality of the Eucharist, when we're faced with, with the depth and the mystery of the Eucharist, we say, what is this? You know, I mean, myself as, as a DRE, as, as you know, a person who teaches kids all about the Eucharist, I've found myself on various occasions going, you know, not, not really doubting it, but doubting myself and saying, you know, is, do I really believe this? You know, and it's kind of one of those, not an existential crisis, uh, you know, but, but those moments of, of life and, and of faith where, yeah, we have to kind of step back and, and ask ourselves, you know, what is this? And, and kind of recalibrate ourselves and, and say, yes, I do believe this. You know, and like you just said, we, we take it for granted. And, and part of reclaiming that is being able to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit pause for a second you know, and really focus in on what do I believe? What is this? What is the Eucharist? Let me learn a little bit more. Let me explore a little bit more. Let me, let me, you know, plumb my own, the, the depths of my own heart and my own soul and see, you know, where am I in my own, you know, journey of life and journey of faith right now to answer that question. Yeah. And, and Jesus Christ gives us that answer so plainly, but are we willing to, you know, open our minds, open our hearts, open our ears to listen and to hear? And I believe we talked about this on Corpus Christi Sunday towards the end of last season, that the Eucharist is what makes us uniquely Catholic. Yet, so many people, if you believe the, the Pew Research study that, that the bishops are constantly quoting and, and, and why they're making and why they're drafting this document on the yep. Eucharist, and it's not why, and, and I don't want to get into the document of the Eucharist because it's so much to unpack there, but it, it's mainly because there is a lack of faith amongst our people into what the Eucharist means and what the Eucharist signifies and the effects of the Eucharist. So to bring it back to an analogy that I that I thought that I really enjoyed that Bishop Barron made yesterday in his homily. And by the way, you can listen to Bishop Barron's homily by going to I believe I believe it's, it's on our app. On our parish app. And where, where it says homilies. And it's on wordonfire.org. Uh, it's very easy to find. But one of the things, the analogy that struck me yesterday was, you know, one of the, one of his producers or one of his uh, the employees of Word on Fire has a dog and a very joyful dog. And there they like to go on walks on the beach. They, they live in Santa Barbara, rough life, yeah. right? And so the dog goes out to the beach and, and, and you could tell and, and it's a, that when the dog, you know, he says two examples. When the dog is about to have, you know, they're about to have dinner. The producer brings the dog over whenever they have dinner together, and Father Steve, who who is one of uh, uh, the workers, one of the, the ones that helps Father uh, Bishop Barron, Father Steve, also a great writer, he prepares a you know meal for the dog, and the dog you could tell the joy that the dog has, and then when they go out for walks on the beach, the dog you could see is plainly 
blissful and happy and just running around the beach and just so happy. And you see that so many times in dogs. And so the analogy he says is, see, they are truly happy. That is the extent of their happiness. For the human being is different. For you and me, it's different. Because while we may experience happiness momentarily when we see a beautiful sunset, when we, you know, whatever it is, fill in the yep. blank. It fades instantly. It, fa- it fades. Well, but, you know, and Bishop Barron, he uses the, the example of a firework. Yeah. You know, he says there, there's, there's little more beautiful than, than a firework exploding. You know, you, you get this, this huge burst of light, but just as quickly as it appears, you know, it's gone. It's gone. And so, so many times we have moments in our life, fleeting moments of happiness that are great. You know, you think yep. of your wedding day, you think of the birth of your children, you think of all these wonderful events that have happened in your life, in my life, the day of my ordination. Sure. You know, Your vacation. I, <laughs> eh, let's not go there. Anyways, but, you know, they're, they're fleeting moments of happiness. Now, what the bishop was saying, and I've said this, is that, see, for, for the dog, a simple creature, which great depth, you know, because, you know, people, you know, are attached to their dogs and all that. But that is the extent of their happiness. For the human being, it's different. Because nothing on this earth can bring us true happiness. Except Jesus Christ. Except this bread of life. And that's why the lo- and that's why there's a longing in the people in, today, in yesterday's gospel saying, Sir, give us this bread always. If you're telling us, that the Father, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. If you're telling us that this comes from the hand of the Father, then we want this. We want this happiness. And so we look for happiness in so many different places. And yes, there are things that make us happy. Sure. There are things that bring us genuine joy. But nothing can bring us more joy than being in the presence of God, especially in the Eucharist. And you mentioned my vacation. Yeah, there were moments of vacation that went a little bit haywire. No. And I was like, you know, it happens <laughs> to all of us. But, you know, when you get over that initial frustration of the plans that you have made that have been derailed and say, you know what? This is time that I could spend with Jesus. For sure. And it reminds me of something a very wise priest once told me saying, you know, whenever I always get so upset when someone cancels on me an appointment, especially when I put time aside, especially in the evening, or, you know, somebody stands me up, whatever it is. And he told me this one time, or actually told my parents this one time, saying that he had an appointment, he'd set aside time, he had taught the entire day, he was a teacher in a high school, and was tired, and a couple had made an appointment, and like, eight o'clock, they didn't show up, I don't know if They called him or whatever it was, but they stood him up. And he got so angry. And then he realized, wait a second. This hour that I had dedicated for this couple that they're not showing up, this is time that I can better spend in prayer. So when we center ourselves in Jesus and realize the plans we make to be happy are not always the plans of God, you know, that when we root ourselves in Jesus Christ, then... Just like the people were satisfied at the end of the multiplication of the loaves, then we will be satisfied to a certain extent For sure. here on earth. We will never truly be satisfied until we receive it, the beatific vision in heaven. Amen. And you know, Father Omar, yesterday or, or this week, and I went on Saturday, was, was, speaking at, was preaching about that as well. You know, the word that kind of stood out to him was grumble. You know, the, the Israelites were grumbling and, and upset and... You know, so often we find ourselves grumbling about, like you just mentioned, things, you know, going haywire or we make plans and, and those plans, you know, don't turn out the way we, we plan them. Uh, but do we believe, you know, that, that the Lord's hand is is involved in all this? You know, we, we know that the Lord doesn't intentionally send us suffering or, or you know, the Lord only wants happiness and, and goodness for us. But when things go wrong, you know, the Lord can transform that if we allow him to. You know, and, and the other the other thought as you were as you were just speaking now was you know for the everyday for the everyday Christian for our listeners for for the people who who this is going to be shared with uh, 
you know, we say, okay, that's great, but now how does this, how, how do I make sense of this in my own life? You know, and, and the, the go-to person I always, uh, I always recommend, and you don't have to read the whole thing, but is St. Augustine and his confessions. Uh, because, and, and right off the bat, you know, his opening line, you know, I was, Lord, I was looking for you and all the lovely things you, were, you had made, you know, but my heart was restless until it rested in you. You know, and the bishop yesterday, if, if you go back and hear his homily, he begins his, his homily you know, talking about Puritanism and, and how he hates the, the extreme of Puritanism because there are good things in the world. You know, the, we read right off the bat in, in Scripture, the Lord made, God made everything and he made it good. You know, so, so it's not that material things or, or that possessions or, or that earthly you know, delights are, are bad. The Lord wants us to enjoy that. It's just that's not the end. That's not the end, and that's really what we see in Saint Augustine, where you know, he was he was lost, like like most of us are, and he was constantly searching, but he was searching for God in all the wrong places, and then he had that aha moment, where he said, "Yes, you know, I could find this fleeting happiness in in these earthly things, you know, but the the true happiness, the the true depth, the what calmed my restless heart was Jesus Christ." Right, and it was so important for me, when I go on vacation, it's always more for me to be near the water, yep. to be by the ocean, to be by the sea, and for me to sit there and to just contemplate God's creation, whether it be during a sunrise, during actually, not even a sunrise, I'm never up that early during a vacation. I was, I did away, I did wake up. Last Saturday, uh, two days ago for, for before sunrise. But, you know, but to be there and to behold the sunrise or to behold the sunset, to see God's creation, to see the mighty, you know, the mighty ocean. Yep. To just sit there and just contemplate it. And on several occasions, I did that. And the last one was, I want to say it was this Friday. I was with some friends on the beach and they said, oh, Father, we're going to go for a walk. And I'm like, Oh, I just have come fun. out of the water. Have fun. <laughs> they went for a walk, and I, it must have been gone 20, 25 minutes. And I just sat there and just looked out towards the ocean and embraced the breeze coming off the ocean, which I always, you know, compare it to the Holy Spirit embracing you. And was contemplating so many things. And like I said, it was, it was two, three days ago. And I was already, my mind was starting to wander, okay, and things that I had to do when I came back to the parish. You know, didn't wander too long to that, but because there was so, there's so much going on. For sure. You see the waves crashing upon the shore. You see the, the, the clouds and, and, and just the lights, you know, and, and you know, the, the sunlight reflecting off the clouds and, and, and the boats passing by and, and, and people passing by and children laughing and all these different things. And you see the goodness, as you said, the goodness of God's creation. So many times we distort that goodness. So many times we take what God has made that is good and we abuse that goodness. You know, like, I'll give you an example. There was a guy that came and with a dog and dogs were not allowed. I talked about dogs were allowed in Santa Barbara, not allowed on the beach where I was. And I've been there many times and I'm like, there was a group around me and this guy comes around with the dog and we're looking like, yeah, this is not right. Yeah. He was trying to train him very poorly, I might add. And then all of, he had a beer in one hand and a big can of beer, placed it on the, on the sand and as he was trying to train him, again, badly, and then had like a wrapper of some sort, looked like one of these big Slim Jim wrappers, and just, you know, some kids had previously, about an hour before that, had dug up, you know, holes in the sand as they want to do in sandcastles, and he yeah. threw that wrapper oh, no. in, 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 in the sand, and all of us that are there, there were like maybe 15, 20 people that were in, you know, the general vicinity of where I was, we were all looking at him like going, well, this is wrong. You know, it's like the beach, you, you know, don't pollute. I remember going to that same beach with youth groups and, you know, cleaning it, yep. cleaning it up and all that stuff, and we abuse it so much and do not realize the good and the beauty that we have that surrounds us just walking outdoors. You know, sometimes we complain about the rain, but there's something, you know, calm about the rain. Oh, yeah. There's something about when you're out 
and walking or in your instance you're running and you're really really hot and there's a small shower and you're like that's the best isn't i mean it is i my favorite uh my favorite half marathon was was just entirely start to finish under the rain because you're just crazy that's that's i mean my my (laughs) my shoes and my socks were not happy but uh but i was because you don't get hot it it was it was refreshing it's but see but you don't get dehydrated if you do just look up open your mouth But see, it's finding goodness for sure in what's around for you. For sure. Oh, and there were plenty of people around grumbling, and and that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm funny that you mentioned that because that's that's exactly like everything in a nutshell right here. You know, I'm oh. looking to my left and to my right, and everyone's complaining, and it's cold because it's early in the morning in February, and it's raining, and it's puddles in my shoes and my socks. Yeah, and then there's some people that are just, you know, in seventh heaven because here we go. Awesome, and, it, and it's funny that, that that you said that Father Omar yesterday mentioned grumbling, because how many times, and we've talked about this also, how many times that we hear people around us in mass grumbling, or that I hear it after mass, people grumbling about this, that, and the other, and are oblivious to the fact of whom they have just received, yep. that is Jesus Christ, yep. and even if they didn't go to communion. That they just walked out of the holy presence of the divine. Well, they still received them if they if they heard scripture, they received them. Absolutely. If they partic- if they said a prayer, they received him. So, it's being able to not only live in the moment, but to appreciate and give thanks for that moment, and to say, you know what, I am happy because Jesus is here, and I and all I have to do is remind you of how happy you were when we reopened the churches last year after the lockdown. How happy people were to be able to come back into the church and to receive Jesus again. But not only to receive Jesus again, So, as we finish this, this first episode, just to give you a sneak preview into next week, the murmuring gets a little bit more as we go through the sixth chapter of John. And so what I challenge you to do is to, you know, there are so many things right now in society that are causing us to murmur or grumble. You know, the COVID spike is going up. You know, there's so many things going wrong. Kids are going to start grumbling because they have to go back to school in a couple of weeks. We're still wearing you know, masks. You were still, you know, we're still wearing masks. <laughs> teachers are going your, to really start grumbling. Your they have favorite, to come, those masks. Yeah, teachers are going to start grumbling because they, they have to go back to work next yep. week. But the, mo- the, the, the main thing, and this is what I challenge you, is to find the Lord in the small things, but primarily in the Eucharist, that so many times we take for granted. You know, we have our Adoration Chapel here, which very soon will be open 24-7. We're working towards that. We have the church open from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day-ish, every day. You know, to walk in there and to behold the majesty of our beautiful church, take advantage of that. Realize that Jesus himself is there. And we are like those people in yesterday's gospel who went from grumbling to saying, you know, where's Jesus to saying, sir, give us this food always. Because we're always hungering. Give us this bread always. We're always hungering for the bread of life. Let us never take Jesus for granted. Look for Jesus around you, but primarily where he is constantly, really substantially present in body, soul, and divinity. Look for him in the Blessed Eucharist that is present in our churches. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly! It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just no, but just no. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night?
So we got a month of sports, and we got to do that in, so what, much. 10 minutes? Oh, my goodness. So much. To t- I, I was writing down things in this notepad, and I'm like, we're running, we're out, running of things, out of space. <laughs> running out of things to, to talk about. But we need to talk about first what's going on in Tokyo, and, and here comes the Olympic fanfare. Here we go. That it's, it's the best beautiful. music in the world, right there. John Williams, to me, what best composer of the last hundred years, just amazing. And the beauty of the Olympics, and and we were texting back and forth. I believe last Monday when there were swimming finals going on, is that you have all these stories of people that sacrifice so much, and especially now, especially a year removed from the, you know, from when they were supposed to do it, yep. and the pandemic put a pause on that, and. You, you take a story like, you know, for example, Lydia Jacoby from Alaska winning a gold medal in swimming. This is a girl, and, and I, I read this the other day, there's only one 50-meter pool, Olympic-sized pool, in the entire state of Alaska. Well, majority are just 25, 25 meters. Yep. And this girl wins out of nowhere. Wins a gold medal. I still, I, I'm still hearing rowdy gains in my in my head going, when, when she's about to close in. You know she's catching people from behind, veterans from behind, Jacoby, and and it's and and seeing the you you saw the images from her high school gym. Oh yeah, in Sewell, Alaska. I mean, people going nuts. Well, that's why I love the Olympics when they, when they show those those clips of the family or friends yeah. or, or even because they're, they're even, not there. And they, and, and that's another yeah, thing. Yeah. But even the athletes, you know, when when they finish their race and they turn around and they see the scoreboard, just the the jubilation on their face. Caleb, and yeah. I'm a crybaby, so yeah. I, I get was, choked up every single all right, time. So this must have gotten you because when Caleb Dressel, he had already won in, in, in a relay, but the first time he won an individual gold, I yeah. believe, was in the, in the 100 meters, yep. which is very rare for the U.S. men in the 100 meters freestyle. And then he goes to do the interview and there is a monitor, and they have yeah, through Zoom family. or Microsoft Teams. His wife is there. Uh, his you know young man, twenty four years old, already yep. married. His sisters there, and his parents are there. And he just is overcome with yep. emotion, and it was so beautiful to behold. But Jorge, we were just talking about this off the air. I, we think that the best moment of the Olympics occurred yesterday. Yes, and, and, and very few people probably saw it because I don't know if they played it in, in prime time. I didn't see prime time. Yesterday. I saw I saw it live in the morning and then I saw the replay again in the afternoon on, on Sports Network because, you know, it's, it, if you do, if you haven't watched anything beside prime time, do yourself a favor and, and flip over to Sports Network where they put on, you know, all these random sports, sports that, that Network? Don't, There's a the, million the NBC them. Sports Network. Oh, okay. it, it's a different <laughs> channel. Uh you know, because primetime obviously is going to give you, the, you the big stuff. You can find it on the internet. I'm yeah. sure you could find it on the internet. But here's what happened is that you have the high jump, and you have a young man from Italy and a young man from Qatar. And I've been told it's pronounced Qatar. I've heard both because when they played the United States in I was in saying the US Qatar yesterday, finals, and I was corrected and I say it, it's, it's pr- I know, it's but, I, but, but we need we need to get this right because <laughs> the, the World Cup is going to be there next it year. Is. So, uh, but. You know, potato, potato, guitar, cutter. Okay, I mean, I've heard, I heard it pronounced guitar a million times during a U.S. soccer game uh, about four days ago. But anyways, a Qatari young man and an Italian young man were competing in the high jump in track and field, and they both reached the same. I forget what height it was, but it was you know something you and I can't couldn't even with the step couldn't probably clear. Nope. So, an official comes up to them. And says, you're tied for the gold medal. And now you can continue. And and I believe the word that he go and that, you know, one of them said, I forget which one. Is it possible for us to just stop? Yeah. And, and there's some backstory there of, of them helping each other train. And when they just looked at each other and said, it's possible for us to share it. They looked at each other, we'll share it. Yeah. And, and they just jump the into Italian each other's goes arm. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the guitar young man goes crazy, you know, goes crazy. Well, and then just moments later, yeah. in one of the biggest upsets of the Olympic, an Italian young man wins the one hundred meter dash. You had everyone had that predicted, right? No, we thought that it was. I forget the name of the young man from the United States. 
that he was going to win and finally U.S. man was going to reclaim it after Usain Bolt dominated for yep. so many years and so many Olympics, but came out of nowhere. He was born in Texas, so a little, a little bit of, little bit of American, you know. But that was such a great moment. Those two young men saying, yeah. "You know what? They could have kept going because okay, I want you to clear the next, raise it up an inch and for clear sure. that, and let's settle this." Yeah, and, and how rare is that, right? To, to sports fr- friends or not, you know, to, yeah. to be in the middle of an athletic competition. And not just an athletic competition, but the Olympics, you know, the Olympics, and, and yeah. to, to be given the option, you know, you can split the gold medal or you can continue competing to claim it for yourself. There, there's so much moments. Of and, joy. and I don't even think they had to say anything. They just kind of looked at each other and said, you know, yeah, and we got just, this. And just hugged each other. And, and then both of them went crazy. With they their, with they their both coaches. went crazy. They got their flags. They, they, and that's that's the beauty of and it's people you've never heard of. Yep. Coming out, you know, a lot of stuff, and and we don't want. I mean, there was so much stuff talked about. There, there are such great Catholics that are competing, and we, and they and they and if you go online, and you go to Catholic News Agency or Catholic News Service, you'll see, you know, some of our Olympians and what motivates them in terms of their Catholic faith. Katie Ledecky, who finished off, you know, the last race of her career. Yep. Who knows if she's going to race in in Paris? She won a gold medal, won a ton of medals in this Olympics, won a ton of medals before that. A very good Catholic girl. Another good Catholic girl is one that everybody was talking about last week in Simone Biles, and raised the issue of mental health, which we've talked about a lot on this on this podcast. And her withdrawing opened the door for Suni Lee, who yeah. this is a great story because I, I saw the feature on it, and I, sometimes I avoid the feature. I switch the channel, but I saw the feature on her family when she was getting ready to go to her first national. Uh, championship competition two years ago two days before that her father who billed her her first they didn't have the money yeah billed her her first balance beam wasn't even a regulation balance beam it was a balance beam just a little bit off the floor and was very very maybe five to six feet long and she was and he showed video of her at 10 years old doing you know aerials and backflips over that but whatever it's called my sister will correct me sister did gymnastics when she was a kid and so Two days before she went to national competition, her father, who, you know, likes to help people, likes to build things, was helping a friend that was up in yeah. a tree and fell, and fell and was hospitalized and was paralyzed from the waist down. And he, and even from the hospital, he told his daughter, you need, she didn't want to go. Nope. You need to go to the national competition. She did. Excelled, had to wait another year to qualify for the Olympics, qualify for the Olympics, when Simone Biles withdrew, yeah. opened the door for her for sure. to be able to win the team. I mean, excuse me, the 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 individual all around, and all of that adversity, all of these stories, all of these stories of triumph, all of these stories of overcoming adversity, and that's what draws us yeah. to these companies. Because you think of so much sacrifice, especially those in the pool. They, they, you know, they live in the pool. People yeah. in gymnastics, they live in the gym. People on the track, they live on the track, and they're up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. And it's just amazing. And then those stories and seeing their family and friends back home watching on TV communicating, that's what makes you a crybaby. Oh, yeah. During the Every Olympics. time. And then and don't get me started with the medal ceremonies. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, to me, it's, it, it's like I'm old enough to remember when, you know, the, you know, TV stations would sign off at the end of the day with the national anthem. And then after that, it was like, shh. You know the, the the test pattern or something for the rest of the end until they came right. well, you know came up for the morning news, so to hear that at the end pretty much at the end of every night I forget that I think we're at twenty something gold medals right now and we're leading in the in the overall medal come I think China is ahead of us in gold medals but when you hear the national anthem and the thing is they have the face masks on and the thing is the, the U.S. face masks they're that they so have, big no the, the things the ones that they wear for the for the medal ceremony yeah. it look they look like Bane from <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Okay, and so <laughs> it's 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 so big, and but and they are they do take it off so they can take pictures of it. But you miss their smiles, you miss the emotion. Yeah. Caleb Dressel, when he won his first gold medal, you could see the emotion oh, in yeah. his eyes that was welling awesome. up. And something that it, that that for us we take for gra- we were talking about taking for granted in the first segment that we take for granted listening to our national anthem, doing this not only for ourselves but for our country, and then and, and then other countries. You have. Uh, the Philippines winning for the first time, and and you know, in in I think it was um, in weightlifting, a young lady nice. did that, and the first thing she did, and one of the first pictures I saw was not only her showing off her gold medal, but showing off her miraculous medal oh, nice. of Our Lady that nice. she had 
that she had worn around her neck. So, you know, there's so many moments of faith and of triumph and of overcoming adversity that you see there in the Olympics. I don't know, what, but I just reeled off a couple of favorite moments of mine. Uh, I don't know about you, but those, those ones. I mean, those, those have been the, the standout ones yeah. for sure. Uh, it, but it's always it's always great when a when a country gets its first medal. Uh, again, one of these, you know, barely seen by anyone. But mm-hmm. but the tiny country of San Marino won a shooting medal, and it's the first Sounds medal, tiny, the first medal they've ever won. It's uh, tiny, you know, and, and I mean, when have you seen shooting in the Olympics? I I did see. <laughs> I, I've tried to see a little bit. I was on vacation, so I tried to see a little bit. I, I know that you sent me a picture of bat. You were watching bad badminton, yeah, in your in your office. And by the way. Everyone, do yourself a favor. I shared this with Jorge about two weeks ago. And, and try, try to keep a straight face. And try to keep a straight face. Uh, and YouTube, Google Mary Carrillo, who is a correspondent for NBC and does great pieces on the culture and all that stuff. She was hosting the Olympics in late night in 2004 when they were in Athens. And they had just come back from badminton. And I guess she had, they, the producer told her, you have four minutes to kill. Or, you know, to just fill in. And so... She goes off on the story about bad, and I don't want to ruin it, but just just Google Mary Carrillo Badman 2004 and enjoy that video that Jorge and I had to have watched. The first time you're, you know, the first time I, I said to Jorge, he's like, what, what did I did just, I just watch? And then, <laughs> but the second time. Oh, it's just hysterical. Okay. The great, the great, the great duck rubber rescue. ducky rescue of 1997. <laughs> I mean, just, just watch it. It is pure joy, something to Get you, but the Olympics have been great. All right, to move on to the next thing. Um, do I look happy this morning? You do. Why? With, well, I don't know where where are we going with this. There's uh there's. Never, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's looking. He's trying, to, he's trying to sign across the table, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm swinging a bat. <laughs> swinging a bat. All right. What happened over the weekend? Uh I don't. I I've forgotten about the weekend because. <laughs> Yeah. Now, yeah. the Marlins and Yankees played this weekend. Uh, and it's always bittersweet for me because I don't like rooting against my home team, but I grew up a Yankee fan. The Marlins are, I don't know how many games out, and maybe 17 eight, under, 17, something like under. that. And the I've, Yankees, stopped, I've stopped looking. Yeah, the Yankees made a lot of trades, and they looked really good over the weekend. And, and Sandy Alcantara pitched a great game yesterday. And again, didn't get run support. I mean, all three, Shocking. all three games were very no, well pitched. You went on Friday. I was there Friday. How was the atmosphere on Friday? Uh, about eighty percent Yankees fans. Oh, <sighs> don't I'm not. Yeah, I know. Um, exactly. I got to I got to keep this, uh, you know, family friendly. Exactly. Here, so. But and they were shut out. They were. It was. But you saw Anthony Rizzo. But that, that's going to be the story of the rest of this season, right? We're gonna have we're gonna have really good pitching. And and nothing to support. Them. Now during the jingle, you you hear get a manny. We're talking about Isandias, but we got some. You know, one of the first episodes we did. We're ta- actually one of the practice episodes we yep. did, and we did we did grab that soundbite and put it in the first episode of us complaining about Adam Duvall, and we ship him off to Atlanta. Atlanta, come on. And the thing is, it's like I don't mind shipping him off. My father, in fact, when he found out he was leaving, he's like, "Good riddance." Yeah, but but to Atlanta, we don't ship him off to. Div- and in fact, they were not. They had gotten an offer early in the week last week to get him, and and, and we said no. Yeah. Miami said no. So that apparently it was too good to pass up. The Marlins got some catching depth, which we need. I I've I been- I can't. Tell, let's talk about this pitcher though. Uh, Lozardo. Yep. How did we get Lozardo for that, for two month rental of Marte? That was a that was, steal. That was a steal. I think that's the great. trade of the deadline right there. I mean, Kimang really did her stuff. Yeah. I was impressed with what she did. I wish they would have signed. Mar- I would have preferred them signing Marte long term. You can never have enough pitching. Yep. Uh, because now you have okay. We have Sandy. You have Pablo. You have Trevor Rogers who came back came back from the IL this weekend. Yep. You have. Eliezer, you have Sixto who hasn't pitched yep. this year, and now you have you know you have Luzardo, so you have this depth of pitching. We need to shore up the bullpen a little bit more during the off season. The catcher position. The other day I went uh, a couple weeks ago. I went with uh, it was Carly who's listening to us right now, and he tells me what are two things that you would do right now for the Marlins. And I first thing I said was extend Marte. Mm-hmm. And I was staring at him in center field. Yep. And I do something about the catcher position because 
Alfaro, he's had some big hits here and there, but and he handles the pitching staff well. But if you're going to have a catcher, has to hit for power. Has to be more consistent at the plate. Yep. We've been spoiled down here. We had CJ for all those years. We had uh, Charles Johnson, not to be confused with CJ Cristobal, <laughs> our hockey correspondent. But we, we had, had Pudge. We had Pudge. It was only one year, but we, we were spoiled. Yep. But catching, yep. we, we need, and it looks like we got two prospects in, in catching from, you know, one from Milwaukee, the other one was from. But I think they, you know, I don't know what, I think they made good trades. I think so too. I, I, well, what I texted you, I, I, we were neither buyers nor sellers. We just kind of held even. Yeah. And, and I think we set ourselves up for a, for a pretty fun winter uh, with this surplus of arms. And and, we and I wouldn't be surprised if we still go after Marte as, as a free agent. No, you, you, and you can extend him. I mean, so it's a rental. It's Just a reminder, the Yankees did this with the road to Chapman in 2016 when they rent, you know, they trade him to the Cubs. He was an expiring contract, helped the Cubs win the World Series, even though he blew the save in Game Seven. I have no no confidence whatsoever. I I, I if I saw over the weekend, I was I was at the beach all weekend. So if I saw more than five minutes of this three game series, it was too much. I did see Rizzo's first home run on Friday. Every single almost every single one of the Cubs players that were traded homered in yep. the first game with their new team yeah so it's like and and you know tough tough weekend to be a cubs fan and a nationals fan juan soto's walking in the club yeah. i go who's what's left and, <laughs> and here's what i don't get is that you had matt scherzer hall of fame pitcher and yet all these people you're not that they're not that far back from the mets and it's like don't just stand pat and retool for next year. Yep. I don't get it. Why? I mean, unless they have finan- they just financial difficulties. They just won the World Series two years ago. I mean, I don't get it. I'm not complaining. but I No, I'm not complaining either. <laughs> but but the Mets are vulnerable up there. You know, Jacob deGrom is oh, shut yeah. down until September. Yep. I mean, at least he's going to pitch until September, if that. So we make, you know, not that we're going to catch him, but somebody's going to make catch him because they're the Mets. For sure. They did sign their first round draft pick yesterday. Like yikes! Yeah, yeah, that was. You didn't do your home. I mean, come on, it's the Mets. Speaking of speaking of Kim Ming, uh, knowing what she's doing, how about that that first pick for for the Marlins? And they signed Khalil him Watson, and they signed yeah, them, and, and they signed him, and and no, it, it, the future's bright. But here's the thing: you and I are tired of talking about the future's yes. bright because at some point, yes, we made the playoffs, like the postseason. I don't like calling MLB playoffs the postseason, and we. It was fun, but it's something we want to do on a consistent basis. Yep. And I'm sure that the captain wants, the Jarek Jeter, wants to do it on a consistent basis. We want them to do it on a consistent basis. Because you and I have both been to games this year that have been painful oh, yes. to watch. I, I'm sure that that Friday game must have been painful when the bats weren't. I mean, it was anything. fun because we were there with a big group. But yeah, the, the game itself. Ooh. Okay, but that's rough. Jorge, it's August, and what mug am I holding? I was in my about hand to say it, it, it's football. Football season is so close. I am holding a Miami Dolphins mug in my hand. They are back in the three hundred five. Just moved back training camp yep. and their training headquarters and right next to Hard Rock. It's a beautiful place. It's oh, a beautiful place. Wow. I'm upset that they haven't. They didn't call their former chaplain to come bless the place. It looks <laughs> beautiful. Almost called them. I did, but I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm on vacation. But. Uh, saw a little bit of practice on Saturday on, on, on videos and stuff like two of from what everything I read looked yeah. great. You, you know, I'm not taking anything from one day of training camp. I have been burned by that way too many times being there, you know, the five years I spent with them being there watching practices, but football, football Thursday, Hall, we of go. Fame, Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. Nice. We'll watch five minutes because we're like, hey, football. And after five minutes, I go, <laughs> oh, this is lousy football. True story. I went to the Hall of Fame game, uh, it was in twenty in twenty fifteen, and it's a high school stadium. They they've, they've re, remodeled it at, uh, since then, and it is just, it's a lousy game. It really is. It, it, you know, you're, the, the starters don't start. Uh, the the best part of it is actually going into the hall. So of hall of fame game or Pro Bowl? Which one is? Uh, oh no no, no. <laughs> hall of fame game over the Pro Bowl because there's actual football going on and there's people fighting for jobs and playing you know full speed. The Pro Bowl is, you know, you know, at, at some point they're going to put a flags yawn, on it. Talk about a yawn fest I've right there. never seen the Pro Bowl from start to finish. Never. Never seen it from start to finish. It's it's like, you know, 
the All-Star game in baseball is the best All-Star game oh, there yeah. is. Hands down. It, it is. Even though the one that we went to was ugh, the one the one they had here in Miami. So football's coming back. A lot of stuff happened. UM, I believe they, they've, they've opened up camp. I don't know. Or are about to start camp. It should be starting soon. Media, yeah. media days starting, and starting up soon. And during media days, you know, college football is being blown up. It's like, what's, I mean, what's going on? Texas and Oklahoma, you know, they want, they want part of the SEC yep. money. So who knows? Now I floated something at you at the time. It sounded good. But then I realized, wait, our competition would sting. I said, wait, what, what's preventing Miami and Florida State who have been like also runs in the, in the ACC. They treat us poor. You, you, you go ahead and. Yeah. Yeah. To, to switch over to the, uh, to what's left of, of the, the big, big 12. 12 and dominate there. But then I go, okay, but here's here's one of the reasons Texas left. Texas and Oklahoma play each other not in their home state as they play in the Cotton Bowl right. in Dallas during the Texas State Fair in early October. So they don't play in each other's home stadiums. So what does Texas have to look forward to in terms of home games? Kansas, yay. yay. Kansas State, yay. Okay, Texas Tech every now and then get, you know, gives them a good game. TCU as well. But oh, Iowa State, yeah. so that, that when I thought about it a little bit more, I'm like, you know, I prefer staying in the ACC, and, and even though I don't like playing North Carolina, I don't like playing, you know, NC State. I mean, we know we don't play them every year. Yeah. We play at North Carolina, you know, Duke and all these people every year, and I've had trouble with them. We've won an ACC basketball championship before we won a football. Never in a million years nope. did I think we were going to win an ACC basketball championship. But we got to get West Virginia. We got to pick them. We up. have to pick off the thing. Was that's, like, there's that's a natural rival yeah. that we had from the Big East, and I don't know why they went to. I mean, obviously there was money involved, but everything's being blown up. But it's so wonderful to talk about football, and as we get closer and closer to to September, it's like, uh, man, Alabama and Miami is right there in Atlanta on Labor Day weekend. Can't wait! It's and month. I'm going to go on the record. Here we go. And I think this it's going to be closer than most people. I was in. I thought you were going to say we're going to win. No, I'm not that crazy. But I'm saying it's it's going to be closer than most people uh, say it is. We have one of the most experienced teams coming back. Manny Diaz is is calling defense again. King looks fantastic. Rambo. So yeah, I mean, I'm not. I would love to go on record and say we're going to win that one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a homer, but I'm not that big of a homer. (laughs) Do we cover the eighteen and a half? But I, I think we do. Okay. I think we do. This is for entertainment purposes only, by the way. <laughs> As they like to say. But So I hope I don't have to play this back with the clown music in the background. But if, if, Yeah, if it's 50 to nothing, which I doubt it will be, but we'll, <laughs> we'll come back and, and we'll, we'll put the clown music. But all these things are going on. The Olympics are going on. Last night, U.S. men won the Gold Cup, beat Mexico in extra time in a, in a beautiful goal. I mean, it was a defensive clinic that the that the U.S. put on. I have never seen them play defense like that because Mexico looked like they were playing in our in our eighteen wow. the entire first half, knocking on the door, and we just kept you know getting them out of there. And and yeah, and it was our B team. That was not yeah. Polisic didn't play. So the people that play, a lot of people that played in the Nations League uh, back in June. So we beat Mexico twice. Qualifying's coming up, and we woke up this morning to the news that the U.S. women were knocked out of the Olympics. So they have. So so far, there has not been a women's team that has won the World Cup and then gone on the next year. It was supposed to be last year yeah. to win the gold medal. They'll play for the bronze medal, I believe, on Thursday. So they had a rough. It just didn't look like themselves, and you know, and so all that's going on. And U.S. baseball, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. That was an, another inspiring moment. Oh, yeah. Him being told that he was carrying the flag into the stadium, Cuban American, oh, yeah. with all the things going on with Cuba, oh, and then actually past, carrying it in, and, and then cut, them cutting, it. you know, him, him being on the mic with his that parents. That was pretty sweet. And with, I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. And with all the things going on with Cuba since the 11th of July, you know, it was very, very emotional to have a Cuban American, one of us, you yeah. know, taking the flag and sure. bearing the flag of the United States into the Olympic Stadium. It was just beautiful. Your tell them about your favorite moment about of the opening ceremony. You haven't stopped talking about it. Oh, well, I had the the two the, the drones were just the drones were great. Yeah, but it was, I wish they were done more with the drones. But the the picture the pictograms. Oh, yeah, that, that is was, that, they they, they did a great that's, job. That's the Japanese at their best right there. That right. was it just was beautiful. So much fun. It was absolutely beautiful. I I woke up early to watch it live and then. I re we both of us rewatched it yeah. in the evening 
and it was just it was just something beautiful to behold because you know it just all the whole world and remember the parade of nations is always a geography lesson and i forget what nation it was that you know this nation it's not a nation in 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 the, in the southern pacific that is the only nation that's in four in all four hemispheres right. i'm like who comes <laughs> up with these factoids it's like amazing and you forget and i'm a geography buff and i was very good to geography in school and i'm like did not know this thing existed huh? it's like and and they have and they have all these things your 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 wife enjoyed the the flag bearer from i believe it was tonga tonga yeah yeah she enjoyed, I mean, and he was knocked out in two matches in, in, in his discipline so but you know but he it was a lot of it was a lot of joy and and you could tell that that people wanted to get away from from their from the pandemic from the circumstances even though they were very very restrictive in terms of where they can go it was just a joyful event and there's still an, i mean another week so many things have already happened I'm, i was telling somebody yesterday what's left because they already did the 100 meters you wait that to the end i know you have the marathon on sunday morning uh all these things are still left and you know it's, it's just a joy to watch and my goodness but football's coming yes it's coming yes. back football's coming back and we will we will make predictions you know for before the end of the month on the nfl on college Obviously, we'll be, we'll be huge homers in college. No. And and our predictions for the rest of the baseball season, just tread water. Let's see what the kids have. You know. Uh, hey, at this point, yeah, just throw them all up in there. The, Let's the go. right field. I'm, I'm, Brian, I'm blanking on his last name, the new right field. De La Yeah, no, I haven't learned them yet. Yeah, so. De La Cruz? Is it De La Cruz? I want to say it's Brian De La Cruz, but he, I mean, he looked impressive in, uh, in, in the game. He made a great catch on, I believe, on Friday. Uh, on one of the, uh, uh, it was Friday or Sunday on uh, Friday or Saturday on a Gary Sanchez homer, he made an incredible catch. So there, there's a there's a lot. It's Delacruz. Yeah, we got it right. Uh, there was yeah, I know. So we could always go back and edit, but we don't have to. But there's so many things to look forward to. But but like I said, at some point we got to stop saying we're building for the future, just yeah. like the Dolphins. You know, we're going all in. You know, we we sign these things and Xavier. Uh, Oh, you're went there. You went there. You went no, there. No, asking for a trade on the first day of training camp. I mean, just here because you don't trade him. No, no, that no, man no, no. shut down corner. I'm not saying pay the man because, as Carly told me, you know, is he going to pay us back for all that time he missed an injury? Uh, two years ago, he only played five games. Yep. Last year, he played. He's only played yep. 16 games twice. And you in don't want to. You don't want to be setting that precedent either. No, because Minka Fitzpatrick was uh, upset, so he traded him. Laramie Tons. We don't need draft picks anymore. We need players that will help us win now, and Tua is the man. So here we go. We're ready. We're back. We we thank God for, for bringing us back. We thank God for the time we've had off. We, we, we're, we're ecstatic to be able to communicate with you. So let us finish off this morning with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we thank you. For this summer, we thank you for the time of rest that we've had. We ask you to help us hunger more for the Eucharist, to hunger more for your presence, and to seek happiness and joy in your presence. We thank you for all those around us. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for an end to this COVID spike. Lord, protect us, heal us, help us to overcome and to not only overcome, to come out of this pandemic, but let always your will be done. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.